When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen... I give you Stu and Blake. Right, quickly, before we get on with the episode, we've got an announcement. The MMA Fan Podcast is now sponsored by Free Train. Blake, what's Free Train? Free Train is a fantastic company that do these amazing vests for when you run, when you train. Whether you're going for a run or hitting the bag, you can keep your phone close to your chest. And uh, yeah, they're brilliant. They've got a little pocket for your keys. You know more or do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket or at an awkward angle on your arm or anything like that. You've got the vest on. Phones there, easy access to it. They do some great uh, gloves as well to keep your hands warm and be able to touch the phone and everything. It's all linked up with your phone. So, yeah, they're a fantastic brand. A couple of pockets for your keys. Everything you need when you go for a run or if you're hitting the bag training. And you're not just saying this for the sake of it. Before they even become our sponsors, you had one of these vests, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've, well, I've still got it. I run with it all the time. But yeah, before they became our sponsors, I had one of these vests. They are genuinely brilliant. I really like them. And uh, yeah, I'm really pleased they're our sponsor. And if you want one, if you head over to freetrain.com, when you go shopping and you put all your stuff in your in your basket, just before you check out, if you put in the code MMAFAN, you'll save yourself 10%. Don't say we don't spoil you here on this podcast. 10% off an amazing vest from Free Train. www.freetrain.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we've got another sponsor to tell you about. Phil Supreme. They're a nationally recognized brand who offer only the very highest quality of natural supplements. Their extensive range includes a range of medicinal mushrooms, nootropics, anti-aging products, gut support products, green powders, vitamins, and much more. Yep, they've worked with fighters from all the top promotions, including UFC, Bellator, Brave, and Cage Warriors, with a solid reputation of providing results. So check them out on Instagram, which is at Phil underscore Supreme or their website, www.philsupreme.co.uk, and make sure you use the code MMAFAN for a cool 15% off your first order. Don't say we don't spoil you. Hello, Hello. and welcome <laughs> to the... <laughs> I sort of did that on purpose. Yeah, I know you did. I know you did. Hello, and welcome to the MMA Fan <laughs> podcast. I'm leaving it in. We're not cutting it out. I know. Uh, 
So there you go, a professional start to a professional show. Well, you were saying, and, and you touched upon it at the beginning of this interview, that obviously your Litland's just gone to sleep. Clearly he's dozed off now because you're getting all animated and loud again. Well, I can only imagine so. Oh, no, straight back to sexy voice. Oh, there it is, sexy voice. You'll you come to hear sexy voice in a minute. Um, no, I can imagine he has gone to sleep. I bloody hope he has, otherwise this is a nightmare. But my four-year-old is in the room above me, and uh, he should be asleep by now, for Christ's sake. But we started this interview about 35 minutes ago, and he was mm. refusing to go to sleep. But hopefully now he is asleep. But anyway, back on track. Who we got? We've got a fantastic guest today. This guest is fighting for the vacant bantamweight title at the Cage War- part of the Cage Warriors trilogy on Thursday, the 30th of September. And this guy is someone we've interviewed previously. This guy is a member of Next Gen Gym. Uh, he's there sparring with people like Paddy Pimblett, Molly McCann, uh, Matt Bonner. He's there with the best. Yep. His name is Nathan Fletcher. <laughs> that was literally like a kind of film trailer. I love it. I know. Yeah. You I'm, should talk like that all the time. I know. It's really cool. <laughs> oh, your poor wife. <laughs> <laughs> the kids have got no chance, mate. They're fucking mental. My kids are nuts. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's Nathan Fletcher. (laughs) Nathan Fletcher, how you doing? I'm doing very good. How are you, boys? Good, good, good. Good, mate, good. It's lovely to have you back on. Thanks so much for for giving us even more of your time. Um, I think I'm just going to point out, I'm speaking slightly softer than normal because the professional that I am, I'm in the room underneath where I've got a uh, a four-year-old that is refusing to sleep right right now. And I know that if I greeted you in the way I wanted to, Nathan, I would have been like, way, Nathan, how's it going, me old mucker? And do it really loudly. But I'm not allowed to do that because I'll get in trouble for keeping the four-year-old up. So I'm being really soft. That's all absolute bollocks, Nathan. He went... He went, I'm going to talk to Nathan in my new sexy voice tonight and see how it works. That's exactly what he said. Okay. (laughs) I like it. I don't mind. Either either way is okay with me. Don't worry. We can do the sexy voice if you want. Uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're up for whatever one it is. You know, whatever my motivations are. You know, to keep my four-year-old asleep or to, to you know, arouse yeah. you, whichever. Yeah, you're up for anything, and that's what I love about you, Nathan. That's what I like. Um, but let's let's start with that performance at the last Cage Warriors trilogy against Brian Boland. Jesus, that was really impressive, mate. I mean. I don't think you took a single shot no. in that whole... It only lasted a round, yeah. but I mean, it's still, to not take a shot, and you absolutely dominated him with the grappling, got the submission towards the end mm-hmm. of the round. I mean, did you imagine it was going to be as easy as it seemed? Do you know what? It's, it's a weird one, that, isn't it? Because, obviously, Brian was the, the big step up in competition for me. That was kind of the fight where, you know, the rest of, of the, or all the fan base and cage warriors were going to see what I was really about. And um, it was my easiest... Easiest fight today. I literally did come out with a mark yeah. on me. Like you said, I didn't get touched. And I was right back in the gym Monday morning training. Like I didn't even feel like I'd been in the fight. It was crazy normally. Even if you have like a first round finish, there's the odd little knock, the odd little bruise, your shin's a bit sore from leg kicking him or something. I had nothing. I literally felt like I hadn't been in a fight. It was crazy. But um, yeah, going into it, obviously, 
you do you do visualize that i picture going into every fight and dominating in that way and taking no damage and putting my game on them and and, and having the fight that i want to have and it literally just happened that it went perfectly in that fight and uh yeah i managed to get the job done and get a first round finish so i was made up with that and how is that after the fight like i mean you've You've gone in there. You've not taken a single shot. I know it did last around, and you had to do some grappling. So there's that. It wasn't like you got the the KO in like within thirty yeah. seconds or something like that. But how is it afterwards? Do you feel like you need to get rid of any extra energy or anything, or were you like, or or are you just you're just happy? You're able to deal with that because I'd imagine that if you you've built up so long for this yeah. fight, and for you to face very little adversity and just do that mm-hmm. in a round, did you have to go backstage and like? blow off some steam so did you have to hit some pads or well, I don't like know if you've seen the after the fight but I screamed pretty loud I was saying give me the fucking belt and there was a lot of energy going into that uh, post fight celebration yeah. so I think I burnt off all the all the excess energy screaming that um, but no I, honestly after the fight I was just content I was just very happy that was how I imagined it going in my head I prepared for that to, to happen and then everything just went, everything that week was perfect to be honest even in the build up to the fight getting on with you and getting a bit more exposure, getting a bit more hype around my fights. Like I'm still early on in my career, so it's starting to build up now. And that that was the first sort of fight where I had a lot of eyes on me. I was on the main card and doing all the pre-fight media stuff with the Cage Warriors team. It was all exciting. And it's everything that I've been envisioning for the last few years. And then right from fight week, right down to my weight cut and the fight, everything just went perfect. And uh, yeah, I was made up. And now it well, feels. We owe you a big. We owe you a big thank you as well. Sorry, Stu. We That's owe right. you a big thank you because you gave us a little shout out on your your pre fight. Yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> that was that was the one night we couldn't get to of the trilogy. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, he's giving us a shout out, and we're not even there." <laughs> and I'd like recorded. Boys, it, I was but, but, You know, we needed when to. Said they're not going to be oh. there. I thought, oh, listen, obviously they're not. We were gut. We were gutted. Yeah, is what it is, isn't it? Are you just coming to this next one. Mm. Yes, yeah. I mean, again, I'm in the middle of doing a play at the moment, so I'm not going to get to every show, but I'm making sure 100% I'm watching Nathan Fletcher nice. fight live. Love it. That's that's happening. Good stuff. Everything else, who knows? But Nathan Fletcher, I'm watching him well, It's fight. a shame I'm on the Thursday night this time. It's almost like the it's the, it's the worst night in it, really, to be honest, Thursday. Especially like all my mates and stuff trying to get it off work. It's been a bit of a ball, like getting a, bit, uh, getting a crowd down to come support oh. me. But I reckon I'll still have, I'll still have a good few heads there. Um, it's a big, it's a big journey from obviously Liverpool and Southport down to London, but I reckon even for a Thursday night, I'll have a good turnout. So uh, it's going to be good. Brilliant. Well, we'll be back in. We'll be there. Stuff. Absolutely. <clears throat> Tell us about what the vibes like at Next Gen at the moment, mate. It must be ridiculous. Yeah, I love when I get asked this. Right. So have you, have you ever seen the film Dodgeball? Yeah. You know when White yeah. Goodman's on the big screen and he's going, "There's a good energy in the gym." <laughs> That's, like, that's pretty much how I, how I feel. Like every time I get asked this question, I say that. And I've done it in some interviews before, and I've, I've just gone, you know, there's a good energy in the gym, as White Goodman would say. And the interviewer just kind of looks at me like, what, what, are, you, what are you on about, mate? Like, do you know what I mean? Answer the question. But that's, that's what I normally say now. So, but yeah, the genuinely is like the vibe in the gym's boss. Obviously, um, Paddy and Molly blew the roof off Vegas, didn't they, the other week? It kind of was like the next gen takeover of that show. And uh, the momentum's just been going from then. It, to be honest, even from like the sort of the last cage warriors when Matt won the world title yeah. there, the, the, the gym's just been flying. And then the other night on Almighty, which is like a bit of a smaller local show, we had um, I think four of the lads out, and they went four and zero again that night. Two finishes, 
So we're literally carrying like a, a massive amount of momentum at the minute and it's, it's a boss environment to be training in every day. So I bet it is, yeah. Incredible. So with that, no, that you know that that vibe that's so high, and you know you're saying that you you know uh, the last fight you started doing like the media stuff and that, and anyone that we've spoke to about UK fighters that people are excited about, your name's being mentioned constantly. Like, how do you how do you deal with that? Is, do you feel a weight of expectation from that, or or does that just kind of like push you even sort of further? Yeah, that, it definitely pushes me further. I think, to be honest, I put a lot of pressure on myself already because I've got very big goals. Like, I, I know where I want to be in this sport. I want to go all the way to the top. I want to get to the UFC. I want to win the UFC world title. So, you can't really add any more pressure on top of that than what I already put on myself. Do you know what I mean? So, but it's good. It's it's nice to hear. Do you know what I mean? People are finally starting to take notice. I feel like. I've always kind of flown under the radar a little bit. My, my career has not been that long, to be honest. I've only been a pro two years and I've only had six fights. And even amateur, I was only an amateur for about two years. So I kind of, I've come out of nowhere, but now I'm putting on performances like my last fight. And I think people are definitely starting to take notice. And uh, after this one, another good opponent and a big, obviously a massive fight, Cage Royals world title. I think a lot more people are going to get on the bandwagon and yeah, we're just going to keep it going and ride it all the way to the UFC. Well, let's talk about that fight. You know, how do you expect it to? How do you expect it to go? What are you expecting from him? Yeah. Well, just just to interject, just for anyone that doesn't know, if you haven't heard already, it's at Cage Warriors one twenty seven Thursday, the thirtieth of September, for the vacant bantamweight belt, and you're fighting Dominique Wooding. I am. Yeah. Just put yeah. it out. No, there. it's nice. You've got to get info in. Yeah. People, people might not know, so <laughs> that's the fight that's happening. Um, what do I think of Dom? Uh, He's a striker, isn't he? He's a southpaw striker. I don't know if you've seen much of him, but he's got sharp hands. He's got knockout power. But I feel like a lot of people I'm going to face at this level are going to have knockout power. Brian had knockout power. Um, I just don't see him being able to hang with me, especially in the grappling department. I feel like my game is coming well-rounded now with each fight a little bit more and more. But I'm just got, I've got such a big advantage in that one area that I'm, I can't see the fight going any other way. Other than the minute I get a hold of him, it's going to be going to be game over for him so I'm very excited to get in there it does seem like that very kind of classic striker versus grappler because he's had a couple of of late a couple of big KO wins both in the in the first round but sandwiched in between those were two decision losses now I haven't been able to watch a lot of Dominic Wooding I've seen one of the knockouts it did look quite impressive but it is exactly that kind of, again, like that kind of classic matchup, the grappler versus the striker. And hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Is it, is it a good thing or a bad thing when you're going into a fight knowing exactly what your opponent's game plan is going to have to be, which in this case is keep it on the feet and strike mm-hmm. But he also knows exactly what your game plan is going to be, which I imagine is get it to the ground as quick as possible. Yeah. So how how is that when you, you both know what each other's going to do? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like with, with, with all my fights, that's kind of how I feel. I know what I want to go in there and do. And I've always been a fighter who focuses more on my own game than what my opponent's going to bring to the table. Because I know whenever I do what I'm doing best, no one can stop it. And like I train with the same guys every single week, week in, week out. They all know exactly what I try and do in sparring. And I still get it off on those. Do you know what I mean? So they're the best prepared to deal with my style. And it's still effective in sparring rounds with all my teammates. So I just feel like you can prepare for me. Go on. Try try and stop what's going to happen. But in my head, I know when I turn up on that night, you're not going to be able to. So, yeah. Um, but you say everyone's calling it striker versus grappler. I have got hands as well. So we'll see. Maybe I won't take it down straight away. Maybe I'll land some shots on the feet first. And... Um, but yeah, fight to fight at the end of the day. Fights always start on the feet, so I'm going to have to strike with him, and then we'll see how it goes from there. But I'm pretty confident I'm going to be getting that takedown pretty early on. Do you? Uh, um, sorry, go on, go on Sue. No, go on, mate. You you, you was talking about like um, Dom striking and stuff. Do you study tapes? Like, do you, or do you leave it to to your trainers? No, I definitely have watched all these fights. Yeah, I like to watch my opponent. And what do you do when you're watching that? Are you watching what his opponents are doing as well, or are you just watching what he's doing? I'm looking at what, what's working on him and what's not working. I'm looking specifically against, you know, stuff that I'm going to use in my fights, so always take down the fence, what sort of stuff he does there, and his counter-strikes, what he likes to throw off certain shots. Breaking down his whole game, to be honest. I've got someone uh, in the gym, a fella called Carl, who breaks down all of our team's opponents. So whether it's Paddy's UFC fight or Molly's UFC fight or my Cage Warriors fights, Carl breaks down uh, all of our opponents and does like a 45 minute to an hour long video of just every technique, every fight broken down. So we can see literally every single aspect of his game. And then obviously my coaches will watch that, but I'll, I'll spend a lot of time watching it as well. And um, I think if, like, I'm not, I'm, I said before, I'm not huge on like focusing on my opponents, but at the same time, I'm going to get every bit of information that I can. Do you know what I mean? Because why wouldn't you? You've got to fight them at the end of the day. So I want to have a full, knowledge in my head of what he's going to try and bring to the table and then once I understand that then it's like okay now I'm going to I'm going to put my game on him anyway but these are the certain aspects I might have to watch out for so but yeah I do I definitely watch tape yeah so you you did call for the belt after your win against Boland did you expect to get it so quickly I mean you're only I mean you are six and oh I suppose Ian Gary was I think a similar record when he got his, yeah. his title shot but it feels like it's early but I suppose why, how can you keep giving someone like yourself or an Ian Gary these kind of 
fights that are just like just to test if they're at like this next kind of small level up mm-hmm. when you you're obliterating people in front of you like you did in your last fight mm-hmm. i suppose you've got to give you a title shot but did you did you think it was coming next i think after that last fight i knew i was going to get the title shot next because of who brian was he's fought for the belt before and if you look at the cageway's bantamweight division there wasn't really any other clear contenders uh Michele Martignoni, the Italian kid that I fought um, in my fight before, Brian, he was just coming off a win against Wesley Meyer, who was like another contender in the division. So I think they were going to try and build Martignoni and then I beat him. So then I was kind of the next contender. So the step-up fight for me was was Booland. And then uh, after that, I knew I was going to get the belt. But if you go back to when I turned pro two years ago and you told me that within this short space of time, you'd be 6-0 and two years into your career fighting for the Cage Warriors title. And then even if you go back to when I made my amateur debut, that was only less than five years ago. I had my first amateur fight. So in that short space of time, I've literally gone through all the amateur ranks, ran through Cage Warriors roster, and now I'm fighting for the belt. So it is a little bit surreal when I look at it in that sense. But um, fight by fight, I've been growing. And especially after that last one, I knew like the time's right now. I'm ready to, to take that step and fight for the title. Well, obviously that's that step and then the obvious step afterwards is a tried and tested pathway is once you become a cage warriors champion you could be getting a ufc contract or an opportunity on something like the contender series or something like that what do you want if you if all goes well and you win that belt on september 30th do you want to defend that belt once or twice get a couple more fights under your belt before you make that big leap to the ufc or do you want that contract to come in and you go straight over to that big show? I think, if I'm being realistic, I think I might have to defend it once, to be honest. But what I want is to be in the UFC. I know right now I'm at that level. I know I can get in there and compete with the best in the world at my weight class. Um, so I definitely want that UFC contract whenever it's handed to me. But um, being realistic, I think they've just signed Ian 7-0, Cage Royals world champ. There's the, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know the likeliness is that they're going to then again sign another Cage Royce 7 and 0 young. We're both, I think Ian's 23 as well. He might be 24 now, but we're both, it's weird. Our careers have kind of been like neck and neck. And then I think I missed one of the trilogies and he fought. So then he was kind of one fight ahead of me. Um, so I don't know what the chances are of them signing me straight after this, like they've done with him. But uh, if they did, I'd take it, I'd be ready for it. If not, I'm happy to get Cage Royce back in Liverpool or Manchester, somewhere up north and have me defend it in front of a home crowd and then I'd be able to sell hundreds of tickets and that would be a boss night as well. So either of those scenarios is good for me. And that would be valuable experience as well. You you, you may be headlining a card or something yeah. like that in, in your hometown, selling all those tickets, all of that. Mm-hmm. That's valuable experience yeah. and I think people can take stuff like that to the UFC. We've seen Paddy do it recently. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with you there. It would It'd be nice because the last time I fought at home, I was on a prelim card and I still uh, I still sold. Like, I think last time I fought in Manchester, which isn't even obviously Liverpool, is it? It's, it's close by. Sold 110 tickets and my support has grown massively since then. Like The whole, uh, whole of Southport, the town I'm from, is behind me and a lot of Liverpool's behind me as well. Do you know what I mean? So if we get a card in Liverpool or Manchester, I'll definitely sell it out and uh, that will be a boss night as well. So maybe that's what we'll do. Once I've won the belt, we'll do that. And then I'll, I'll tell the UFC to hang fire and then I'll go after that. <laughs> and obviously last time, <clears throat> there was no crowd. Um, and so, I mean, how much, you, you know, having that following as well and how much difference does that make when you walk in 
in that cage and know that like there's people there screaming your name that have really you know they've got your back and they want you to win how much do you draw from that it's a weird one that because i never thought that it affected me massively until i fought without a crowd so my last fight oh really yeah, yeah my last fight before covid was in manchester i had about 100 odd people there supporting me and when I got in the cage, I literally felt invincible. I was like, drew all the support from the crowd as I was walking out. I see a video on my Instagram of my walkout, and I'm like high five, and everyone walking past, fist bumping all the lads. Everyone's there screaming before I get in the cage, and that just literally lit a fire underneath me, like even more so than what what normally happens when I get in the cage. And then going from that to my next fight was in an empty arena. I was kind of walking out and waiting for this like adrenaline to hit, and waiting for me, me to get up for it. And I got in the cage, and I was like you need to switch on here, lads. You're half asleep. It's not the same as the last time. So I think it's definitely going to play in my favour having the crowd back. Um, I mean, saying that, obviously my last couple, then I got used to fighting without a crowd. So I was able to get a bit more fired up in the changing room and a bit more switched on, a bit more intense before I come into the cage. But uh, having the crowd's only going to fuel that even more this time. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to play into my favour, definitely. Absolutely. Brilliant. What a great time for UK MMA, right? I know. Flying, literally. It just really feels like it. Really feels like it. Um, we uh, we always like to ask fighters this, and I can't even remember. Did we ask you this when you when you uh, come on and, and done the sort of the long form interview post fight? What's your go to food? I don't know if you did ask me, but changes it up. So normally, what I like to do is my girlfriend orders me a box of like cakes and. Uh, I get blondies, brownies, cookies, all stuff like this, a nice big box. I, get, I put these on my Instagram all the time on my highlights to be able to see them. Uh, so that's like my go-to sort of sweet scram after the fight. But uh, straight after, it's normally dead late. So I end up just going like a snide takeaway and getting a burger and chips or a Mackey's if it's open. Or, do you know what I mean? Something like that. Like the last few have been a bit a bit shit because I've had to go back to the Cage Warriors Hotel and just order whatever's open on delivery. Oh, yeah. cool. So last time I got a burger, actually quite nice, like an honest burger or something it was called. It was pretty heavy. I got one of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. They do a good uh, good vegan burger in Honest Burger, from what I remember. It's pretty okay. decent. Just putting it out there for anyone that doesn't want to eat the eat of Are the you beef. vegan? You know, just... No, I, do you know what? I went vegan about... For, for I went vegan for about six months, and it was at the start of the pandemic that I stopped. Right. So I, I was vegan for about six months. It was hard work. And what I found is that as someone that's not very good with cooking, I kind of was still eating quite processed yeah. rubbish stuff. It was just vegan processed yeah. stuff. But I remember having a, she probably won't enjoy me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, but uh, I remember having a slight kind of slight argument with the wife uh, just uh, at the, towards the start of the pandemic. And I was like, fuck this vegan yeah. shit. And I ordered... <laughs> I ordered a mighty meaty from Domino's. <laughs> and, Ease yourself and, back uh, in, Blake. Ease yourself back know, in. Yeah, straight That's in. It. Go yeah. hard or go home, guys. Went straight in. Mighty meaty from Domino's and started watching The Mandalorian. And it made me feel much better about life. There you go. So uh, it was really <laughs> yeah, fuck good. fuck that vegan shit. Um, might, <laughs> might get a bit of hate for saying that, but I definitely could never be vegan. But, I didn't say it, mate. You say both of us. You, you said, said it first. Me. You said fuck I, that vegan shit. No, I didn't. Well, we watch no, it back. No, I did not say that. No. I, no, I, I said they do a very good vegan burger at Honest Burger, so I'm promoting veganism, my, mate. They're going to come for you, not me. My girlfriend's vegetarian. She's not vegan, but she's vegetarian. So I actually do eat a lot of vegetarian meals as well. Just putting that out there. If any vegans are going mad at me now. <laughs> yeah, I love how you're trying to claw that shit back. Yeah. I've massively reduced my carbon footprint. Don't worry, I eat less meat. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Don't, don't kill me. Um, but look, what, so what do you do to relax outside of fight camps? When the fight camps are over, what's your kind of like chill out hobby or something different that you do? What do you do? In terms of hobbies, I don't have many hobbies outside of fighting. I like to do CrossFit, which is a, obviously that plays into nice. plays into my fighting as well. It's just like a different form of training. So I normally go to the CrossFit gym quite a bit after my fights and start doing more, more CrossFit style workouts. Uh, like of, and that's really competitive as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. One of my best mates, Alex, actually yeah. competes in it. So he's like the fittest kid I know. And having him as my best mate just brings me on. That's where I do all my S&C is it is CrossFit gym. And so, yeah, when I'm outside of fight camp, I'm just doing more fitness training, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, into, like relaxing-wise. Went on, went on a nice spa day with the missus after the last one. Um, oh. this gym in Warrington called oh, yeah. Acelis and it's got like a belt of spa on it and we had like a massage and everything a nice grand and it was so good I ended up joining the gym so like Warrington it's like a 45 minute drive from mine but the spa was so good so I was like I'm going to have to join here so I joined the other month and I've been going for uh, all my recovery sessions in fight camp so yeah boss yeah well, we're releasing these on YouTube now. So what you need to do is clip that little bit and send it over to that gym in Warrington and be like, come on, give me like a free... I know, they'll have to. There you go. I've been promoting you on the MMA I'm thinking of just walking in until you reach me belt and just like, just seeing, you know yes. what I mean? Like any, any free spa days going in there? You know, I've got a belt on my shoulder. <laughs> come on, they go. <laughs> I don't know. You could also just say, you know, Matt Bonner, because I know he's a big face around Warrington. We've seen him on Instagram. I say this to Matt on the <laughs> I'm sure, I think he's got a Greg yeah. sponsorship I said now. to him, your picture's up in the gym, you know, Matt. Really? No, no. No, but I don't know why. I don't know why it doesn't go. If I lived in Warrington, well, I, I'm a member and I live in Southport, it's like 45 minutes away, but it's a boss facility. So um, I don't know why the beast's not there every day. <laughs> He's too busy at Greg's. Yeah. And doing, doing open top. Yeah, meeting Greeks in the Greg's and that, yeah. That's it. Yeah, He's yeah, just yeah. bombarded with fans now in Warrington since he won the title. That's it. Oh, love yeah. it. Um, just before we start to sort of wrap things up as well, I mean, we've got three nights of fights. The trilogies, like, uh, you know, we love these trilogies. What other fights um, over them three nights are you excited about? A few. So a lot of my teammates are fighting. Um, some of these fights haven't been announced yet, so I don't know which ones I can say. But um, you've got my Adam Cullen's fighting. It'll be his third pro fight. Um, I'm actually sure the name of his opponent. He's had a few changes, but I'm looking forward to watching him get another win. Uh, Liam Malloy is making his Cage Warriors debut and he's been like my main training partner for this camp. He's a southpaw striker. He's a big, strong, athletic Brilliant. featherweight. So for him to be, he literally fought 
think four or five weeks ago and then he comes straight back into camp to help me out. He's been sparring me every week, doing all the drilling sessions with me to get me ready for Dom. And he's got a fight on Cage Warriors now on the Thursday night as well. So I made up with that. But um, outside of my teammates, I'm looking forward to watching Paul Hughes and uh, Charrier, is it? The French guy, yeah. I reckon, that, yeah. I reckon that'll be a bell to fight. I like Paul. He's a good lad. I like his mindset. I like uh, watching all his YouTube series that he does and stuff. He's, he's quite um, switched on with it all. So looking forward to watching him fight. Yeah. And other than that, big fights. The flyweight title fight, I'm looking forward to that as well. I think it's Creasy yep. versus Shanks, so that'll be a, that'll be a boss yeah. scrap as well. So yeah, there's a good there's a good few fights on over the weekends. Yeah, there are there are. Well, well, mate, thank you so much for coming on the show. We massively appreciate you again taking the time out to to come and chat to no us. No worries at all, boys. Nice one for getting me back on. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, mate, and we look forward to seeing Anytime. you uh, get that strap, mate. Can't wait. That's it. Nice, be nice to meet you in person as well. If he's at the fights afterwards, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Well, mate. what are you doing? Do you, do you have to go kind of straight home Friday morning or no, whatever, or do you? I'm going to come. I'm going to come on Friday and watch because uh, a couple of the lads are on. So Thursday night, yeah. Uh, only girlfriend of that, I got an Airbnb, so I'm going to be leaving the Cage Warriors bubble and going into Airbnb with them, celebrating that yeah. night, and then I'll be back on the Friday at the show to watch the next gen lads that are fighting on Friday, and obviously Paul's fights Friday as well. So I'll be Brilliant. there for that. Yeah, I oh, will definitely catch nice up one, and. Uh, yeah, we'll bring you some cakes. Oh, he's right. Uh, and we'll see you. Uh, <laughs> I'll hold you. I'll hold you to that now. So I'll be disappointed if I don't get a cake. Brilliant, <laughs> mate. Best of luck, Nathan. We'll see you Thank there. Thank you very much. Cheers, best, boys. Mate. See you later. Catch you later. Nathan Fletcher, what an absolute gent he is. Lovely chap. That is brilliant. I just, you know, as of last time, he just seems such a together. He reminded me a little bit of Paul Hughes, actually. He said he's a fan of Paul Hughes and stuff like that. Like, he, they seem quite similar in a lot of ways because I think they've, they're young lads that are incredibly talented, but they really do seem to have their heads screwed on. Like, they, yeah. you know, they're, they're thoughtful answers, considered to the point, but also, you know, that they, they, they don't seem to get wrapped up in any of the the kind of drama that's going on with it or anything like that they seem to be very very level-headed and i think particularly with with nathan i really do think the sky's a limit with him i mean we chatted to a, a couple of people after the last cage warriors trilogy and as you mentioned in this uh interview there's been people that are talking about him and again paul hughes yeah they, they seem to both be on this really amazing trajectory at the moment and, and nathan six and oh going into this fight if he gets that fight to the ground, I kind of think anyone is in trouble, yeah, particularly at this, at this level. Yeah, I, I, I think anyone is in big, big trouble. He did not take a single strike against Boland, and I mean, it was just grappling him for the majority of that round, and then got the uh, got the got the choke in, and, and he was not. He, he had no adversity to overcome. Yeah. He was just, it was really simple for him. And at 23 years of age, he seems to be just progressing at, at a brilliant level. So, yeah, yeah I think it, things could be really big for, for Nathan Fletcher. Definitely. And, um, yeah, if you enjoyed this, then uh, you can listen to a full-length um, episode with Nathan where we talk about how he got into... Emma Man, his, his complete journey uh, to where we are now. Now, this is part of the, the, the Cage Warriors um, trilogy specials that we're doing uh, in the lead up to the event. Um, and yeah, and if you like uh, listening to your Cage Warriors fighters talk, then there's a, a huge back catalogue of uh, 
of them that you can hear us nattering to. So we've had from previous previous weeks, we've had Matt Bonner, obviously we had Nathan, we had former Cage Warriors fighter. I don't know where he's gone. He's been very quiet of lately. Paddy, the Paddy Pimlet. Um, yeah, whatever happened to Paddy Pimlet? No idea. No okay, idea. We should reach out to Paddy Pimlet and just find out what's going on with him. I don't Definitely. can't imagine too much, right? No, no, I've not really seen or heard anything of him. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, other former Cage Warriors fighters that are now in the UFC, such as Meatball, Molly McCann, obviously both of those are, are, are fellow fighters from Next Gen. Jim with Nathan. Who else we had on from the Cage Warriors? Uh, what, the Cage Warriors know. alumni, would you call That's it? That's the one. Oh, I, I like that. Al- alumni. Uh, well, Tom Aspinall. Yes. Uh, we've just recorded, and it will be coming out very, very soon, with Dan the Outlaw Hardy, who is also a little bit of a, a Cage Warriors alum mm. as well, a two-weight world champion. Uh, and uh, still with Cage Warriors. And still with Cage Warriors in the commentary form, and, and we all know Dan Hardy. Uh, we, we're really looking forward to releasing that episode with him. Other, Always other, a good one. Oh, it's a good one. Uh, other Cage Warriors alumni, I don't know, I, I can't think off the top of my head, but obviously we've got, outside of that, Alexander Volkanovsky, Tyron Woodley, Kenny Florian, Arnold Allen, who did have a fight at Cage Warriors, actually. Jack uh, Shaw. Jack Shaw, former bantamweight champion Jack Shaw. Brett Johns. Ian uh, Gary. <laughs> Ian Gary. God, it's all coming out now. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so and these, part of this uh, um, uh, lead-up to this Cage Warriors trilogy, we're talking with Nathan Fletcher, you've just heard. Paul Hughes, if you haven't heard it yet, check out Paul Hughes. He's fighting Morgan Charrier for the uh, interim featherweight title in a massive, massive fight. That'll be a corker on Friday night of the trilogy. Then we've got the Hardwick brothers. We're going to be interviewing them very, very soon. That uh, uh, interview will either be out probably either tomorrow or within the next couple of days. If it's not out already, we don't know what order we're putting these out in. But the Hardwick brothers, two brothers from Middlesbrough, we're very excited to be interviewing them. They've got fights on the Cage Warriors trilogy. And also the head honcho himself, Graham Boyle. And we had a fantastic... Numero uno. Numero uno, the big boss man. The big cheese. The big cheese, the fat cat. Um, (laughs) He, uh, we had a great interview with him, a long form interview with him before the last Cage Warriors trilogy, talking about how we became involved in, in martial arts and with... Uh, Cage Warriors in its current incarnation and some of the difficulties with that and the difficulties of trying to do that throughout the pandemic and stuff and we're going to be interviewing him again coming up soon uh, so you can check that out as well and we can find out everything about the Cage Warriors San Diego move uh, a little bit more about this Cage Warriors trilogy and a little bit more so yeah there's there's plenty plenty to go and check out and if you haven't done it yet check out the YouTube page if you want to see our ugly mugs uh, along with these brilliant fighters do go on YouTube Check out the MMA Fan Podcast and you can check our interviews out there. I think it's called a YouTube channel, Grandad, not a YouTube page. Is it? Is yeah. it a YouTube, a YouTube channel? Yeah, that's what I mean, mate. Yeah, the old, check, the old... check, check, check out our channel, man. Check out our channel page. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> also, one of the really good things you can do, and I might even say this in the intro as well, so you might have heard this twice, but one of the really good things you can do is you can check out this interview with Nathan Fletcher we've just done on YouTube, and you can see the moment where he says, good question. <laughs> <laughs> and I started sort of giggling and trying to keep it together, and Stu noticed and he started giggling, because in our interview with Paul Hughes, Paul mentioned that I did a great question twice, and Stu got nothing. Stu got nothing. And I've got another one again today. Everyone's <laughs> loving Blake's questions. No one could give a shit about Stu's questions. 
I did start smirking when he said that. And I could see your smug little head just grinning away. <laughs> Tosser. <laughs> uh, well, there you go, guys. Uh, you got all the info you need. Please uh, rate, subscribe, rate and review. Um, you know, like, share, all those adjectives that you do nowadays. Yeah. And if you ain't got your tickets already, three nights at your call. Head down to one, two, if not three of them. Go and get stuck in and so, go and see the best of, uh, of the British MMA scene or the European MMA scene uh, at the glorious York Hall. Go and check that out. Right. Is that it? I think so. Do you want to say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Oh, that was nice.